my last show with Julie Green, the whole computer. I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Wednesday, November 29th, and after about four tries, we finally got this all figured out. <laughs> so we are live now. Uh, we have Marty Grisham coming on live here in just a second. Uh, later, we'll go over the news. We'll reverse it this time where we'll have our guests come on, and then we'll go over the news. We're going to be talking about FBI confirming Pizzagate. Well, that's not exactly what happened. It's a uh, Liz Crokin basically um, had just shown that an FBI case has actually shown what we already knew is that pizza was used as a code word and now there's a whole new uh, item that's actually confirming that. Um, but obviously what the way they define Pizzagate and what it really is are two different things. We'll get into that and actually show what Liz did. But it definitely put Pizzagate in the, in the, in the psyche of Americans again. Um, and, and the mainstream media is fighting this and, and all, their, all their globalist uh, um, journalist elites are trying to dispel it once again and as Liz said it's just uh, going to continue to come up and come up because it's true it's true it, that 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 is a pedophile code as well as many other terms and uh, we'll get into how that why that's come back up um, but really the FBI did not come out and officially say yes Pizzagate is true right like uh, some of the some of the articles are saying but we'll dig into that we'll also talk about a beautiful miracle with Gaza two over 200 Gaza people supposed to say 200 plus Gaza men, um, actually got a dream of Jesus after they were ministered to by this underground Christian organization. We'll be getting into that. But right now, we're going to start out with Marty Grisham, who is here to talk live about really the movement of God that's happening right now. I just It's so exciting to see um, what I call the remnant. 
the remnant that are people that just really love the Lord and they're spending time with the Lord and they're doing the four things I talk about. And then, and we'll talk to Marty a little bit about this because this is what the Lord's telling me in some of my words that I've been getting is number one is you need to make sure you're in the word of God every day, right? If you really want to be part of the remnant, have him flow through you in this time, which I imagine most of you do, just raise your hand if I want God to flow through me and use me as a vessel. Isn't that awesome? If you want that to happen, one, be in his word every day, right? Number two, get that in your heart, right? Just like a it's like Joshua 1.8 talks about, keep this word of the law on your lips. You know, your, your, the word of God needs to be on your lips. And it, and it can't be in your lips if it's not in your heart. You can't remember, right? So that's why we do a lot of Bible memory here. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. be a lot, but you have to have some Bible memory, right? Third thing you need to do is you need to expect to hear from him, right? And there's, <laughs> there's some balloons coming up for some reason. But anyway, and that means that you are are actually spending alone time with him, right? If you're spending alone time with him, then that is what is what, 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 when, when he'll actually start communicating his ways versus your ways, right? That's what, that's, as Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet. So it's like if you're in a dark, dark area and you, uh, forest area, and the light comes on, all of a sudden, boom, hey, my, it's a, like a lamp to my feet. I can now walk around safely, right? But where's the path? And that's why that verse doesn't stop. It says, the word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. If you want the light for your path, that is exactly what the word of God is. It's got to be in your heart. And the fourth thing you need to do, guys, is that what he loves is he loves to worship, worship and praise him. If you're worshiping and praising him with his words because they're in your heart and you're listening to him every day, those four things added together is how he is going to know you've submitted to him. You've put him first in your life. And he's going to flow through you in these times. So I want to get Marty's uh, Marty's thoughts on this as I bring him on. Marty, how are you doing today? Brother Rick, I am doing well. It's good to see all of our friends here. It's good to be with you. Thank you for having me on again with you. Yeah. Yeah. So so I want to, I want to kind of dig into that. I know uh, I think you've been on the show at least two times, maybe three. And you spent a lot yeah. of time with us backstage <laughs> as well. We really appreciate that, that you've done. Um, what, I, what we'd like to do now is maybe just dig into a little bit about if somebody wants to be used as a vessel for God. That's kind of what I've been hearing. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on that because uh, there's a lot of people that uh, serve their Christian life with never expecting the Holy Spirit to come in them, never expecting miracles to happen, never expecting healings. They just uh, evangelize based upon the, the word. But, but what's your thoughts about being used as a vessel for such a time as this? You know, there's a song we sang when I was a teenager and a little bit younger back in the 70s. And yes, I'm I'm in the 50s, but um, um, it was, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. And that song, I've been thinking of it a lot, Brother Rick, lately, because um, the Lord has then just in the last two or three weeks has really, really been just working on me about going deeper, drawing in just coming in closer to him and someone could say well it's because crazy is going to come no well because the word of god everything about god our our existence was about us being able to draw nearer and come closer to him and so when it comes to and i actually i've 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 kind of tried to coin this word in in my teaching the usability having usability with god and so being used of God, it's it's really boils down to being prepared to be a vessel because God's not changing. 
His power, his glory, his anointing, all of it's the same. It's not changing from person to person. It's not changed in the last generation or the last 150 years. When Azusa Street came, you know, over 100 years ago, everything about God didn't change, and he's mm -hmm. working a different way. It's been the same since the second chapter of the book of Acts. Come on. It's been mm -hmm. that long that it's been the exact same where we're working with him. But it all has to do with each and every one of us. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, pure and holy, pure and holy. There's so many things today, Brother Rick, that are keeping members of the body of Christ from pure and holy, pure and holy. So, um, so what do we do? Thanks for asking. We run to the number one prayer of the New Testament. And if I wasn't a prayer guy, I wouldn't even know this, but I found this out studying prayer. The consecration, the prayer of consecration, right? Because there's many types of prayer. In Ephesians 6, 18, it says praying with all types or all kinds of prayer. So there's a prayer of faith and authority. There's a prayer of, of corporate prayer, united prayer. There's a prayer of petition, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of worship, prayer of casting your care over on the Lord. There's all these say prayer of supplication, prayer of intercession. You got about these nine, eight to ten different types of prayer. But the prayer of consecration is the number one New Testament prayer. It is in there more than double the number two. 140 references to the prayer of consecration from Matthew to Revelations. 140 almost double the the second contender which i i can't remember which which one it was so so this prayer of consecration we see that in jesus where he said lord he said father father not my will but yours be done so he emptied his will he emptied that selfishness that subtle pride that would try to want to make him have his own way he emptied himself of whatever he thought should be done and he allowed god to fill him with the cup that he was to drink of. And so that is the number one thing to do on a daily basis to step into usability, to step into God being able to, and this is something else I love to say, flow, which you kind of said a while ago, he'll flow to you that he may flow through you. Yes. And that's his objective. You are the literally the face and the hands of Jesus in the earth. The beauty of his face, the glory in the, his living pools of love in his eyes, the power in his hands, you are an expression, the mirror image of him in the earth. But very few really step into it, Brother Rick, mm -hmm. because you have to empty yourself of you. But I believe, like you believe too, that we're stepping into it now. People are getting hungry because they're tired of government. They're tired of crazy. They're tired of cabal. They're tired of Satan. They're tired of cancer. They're tired of sickness. How many of you have had multiple family members go home from cancer? My dad died at 54 of cancer. Absolutely a disgrace. He had a healing anointing in his hands. His hands would burn, and he wow. went home to heaven early. You know what I'm saying? It is mm -hmm. time for us to rise up and look and talk like Jesus. Amen. Amen. And it is kind of a sad thing. I grew up in an evangelical church. We talked about this before, right? And the cessation theology is, a, is just yeah, a yeah. real cancer in the, in the church and in our seminaries. Can you talk a little bit about what cessation theology is and why, why you don't believe in it? Well, so let me just say this. 
to d- just to even jump in there all the way. I believe in the full gospel, and they don't. They don't believe in the fullness of the gospel, and that's what we do believe. That's why we're together right now, is because we believe that what the Word of God says is true for us. And so I, I, I love the way Smith Wigglesworth said it. He said, the Bible says it. I believe it, and that settles it. Well, sensationists, they don't think that way. They don't live that way. They don't take the Bible true in every walk of life. They take what they're comfortable with. They take what causes there to be no problems with those people around them. They don't want any dispute, any argument, except for all the argument they create with other people. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They don't want no one judging them. Right? They don't want, but their theology isn't the fullness of the gospel. So, anytime you get up under someone without the fullness of the gospel, you're not going to have the fullness of signs and wonders and miracles and the working of God. You know, really, it's a shame. It's a shame that we've come this far, 2,000 years since the work of Jesus, and we're now having people just wake up. There's something, Rick, you know, Rick, I, I spoke in a church here in Tulsa. I don't know, about a year, year and a half ago, and the Holy Spirit gave me a, such a message. And it's, it, it's a great church. It's right on the money. Victory Church, they had a night service. And I spoke in the church, and the Lord led me to talk about there's two ways. There's two ways that you'll run to God. It's either problems or passion. It's either pressure, either pressure or hunger. Hunger and passion will cause you to just wake up all on your own and run after the fullness of gospel. Do you know how many people right now are leaving the cessationists? They're leaving such a messed up mentality, and they're running right now after, how do I get? How do I speak in tongues? I just got off the phone with someone just a while ago, and they were just like, how do I get this? How, I've been trying for a year, Brother Marty. How do I speak in tongues? I believe this is for me. How do I get it? See, we're talking about people who are hungry. And if you're not hungry to grow, then you'll probably have pressure eventually come. Now, let me just say it's not from God, right? It's pressure in this world system. We live in a fallen system down here. We're living, reigning, and ruling as kings, but we're still dealing with a fallen system. If we didn't have a fallen system we're dealing with, we wouldn't be required to live by faith and call those things that be not as though they were because they are messed up, so we're calling them not messed up in the kingdom of God. So so in all of this, I brought this message to that church that night, and it was basically, you're going to have pressure or you're going to have passion choose tonight choose because god has given us all that we need the fullness of the gospel the full redemptive work of christ has been handed to us we just got to reach out and take it yeah and so and if, if i wanted to kind of walk through this scripture with you here uh, 1 corinthians yes. 12 8 through 10 right and so i'll, I'll put I've this on the screen and i'll just read it it says for to one is given the through the spirit the utterance of wisdom so this is walking through nine um, gifts of the spirit not not fruits of the spirit which is you know love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control this is the this is different these are gifts that he provides right so yeah. he, he's, he's given so one is the utterance of wisdom to another is the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another faith is the third one there to another gifts of healing to another working of miracles to another yeah. prophecy 
to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, discernment, many people call that, and various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. So obviously here's nine gifts. So yeah. so where does it say that any of these ceased? That is my question. <laughs> Have you yeah. you know where the Bible so, where yeah. any of those ceased? <laughs> I mean, sensationism is basically tongues has passed away and healings passed away and the miracles that we saw in the book of Acts. Let's just make this clear about the book of Acts. We are the book of Acts and the epistles are the rule books that the book of Acts lives by. So we are the book of Acts. We are the Acts. We are the ones living in the book of Acts. And then the epistles were written by those apostles I love that epistles by the apostles. The epistles were written by the apostles so that we would have this New Testament rule book, not an old one, because you don't find in Christ teaching, you don't find redemptive realities in the Old Testament. You just can't, they're not there because Christ hadn't come. They may have been talking about them to come in the future, but they didn't have the light that we do today. They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So we're the book of Acts and we are living out the book of Acts following the rule book, the guidebook, the law, if we could be strict about it, the law of the epistles written to us. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the epistles, and then Revelations. That is how we live our life. So mm -hmm. to walk away from these 1 Corinthians chapter 12, these nine gifts of the Spirit, two of them talks about tongues, one of them talks about miracles, one of them talks about healing, you really... I tell you, the, the sensationist the theology or mindset or whatever they're talking about, they're only doing it. They're only embracing that darkness. Okay, I'm just going to say it. They're embracing that darkness because they're ignorant and they don't have any faith. And they need to get up under people that believe in this. Because I have seen people that actually saw a healing and a miracle take place and then they turn right around and said that was fake. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely insane. At that point, I'm just saying, you know what? I'm not, because keep this in mind. We are not here to change the world. Let that sink in because that's going to tilt a little bit on religion. We're not here to change the world or save the world. Jesus saves. We're here to preach and teach and disciple and lay hands and we're here doing our part he's the savior and so when it comes time to sitting down and having a deep dark crazy conversation trying to convince someone there's miracles today i just walk away from him and say hey listen follow me around you'll see some miracles if that doesn't convince you i don't i don't have anything else for you you know remember when jesus said to the pharisees he said you're you're judging me for what I'm saying, and I'm doing the works of the Father, you're, you should be judging me for what you're seeing me do. You need to be judging me for what I, because when you see the miracles I produce, there's no way you can question that I was sent from God. I'm yeah. the son of man sent from God. And so um, just always try to keep that in mind. It is not our job to save them. It is not our job to convince them. That's really what I'm trying to say. The Holy Spirit is the convictor. We're the one that brings the message. We teach, we preach, we do our job, and then he does his part. Because you don't want to get trapped in this system or this mindset 
that you're responsible. Now we are responsible to do our job and I'm not trying to throw, see I'm saying this at a, at a way that you could play the words wrong, but, but at the end of the day, our job isn't to save them. Our job is to preach so the savior can save them. Amen. And I don't Amen. know how well that even fits in our conversation tonight, but I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, well, and I, and I wanted to kind of, for those who may have missed you the first two or three times you've been on the show, tell a little <laughs> bit about uh, how you became an expert in prayer. Well, an expert. You I see loudmouth prayer, living in lifestyle prayer. You can find it, by the way, just, just let me interrupt hey, here. Loudmouthprayer.org. Loudmouthprayer.org is where you'll find Marty. And it's also on Rumble and many other places, but uh, loudmouth is usually one word. So in all of theirs, loudmouth and then prayer.org. Yep. But uh, go ahead and talk a little bit about how, how you ended up here with loudmouthprayer.org. Well, it's, it started years ago when I began to travel with the father of the faith. And I was completely shocked that I would travel with him. And here I am traveling with, traveling with a general, a prophet, and a teacher, and I'm sitting on the airplane next to him, the private jet, flying around the nation, flying to Canada, and this is taking place, and I'm like, who am I? What in the world is going on? And we end up going to a church that was pastored by a pastor married to a prophet. So you've got this prophet I'm traveling with showing up at this prophet's ministry, and you just had double prophet. Now, if you don't know why I'm making a reference to that, it's almost like the glory and the portal was already there waiting on wild and crazy. So you got this meshing together of these people already excited for just an outpouring of God because they're operating in spiritual things at that church all the time. We're showing up with spiritual things, and there's just this clashing, this explosion of the move of the Holy Ghost. People were rolling on top of each other. The whole pastor section were knocked out. And I'm sitting there, my very first ministry trip, like, what in the world is going on? I am, I believe this stuff, but this is crazy. That was my introduction to about a week later, the Lord said, you're called to the office of a prophet. And I'm like, I didn't even, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I started studying it. And then I started studying the minister that I'm traveling with. I'm started studying, and I've come to find this out. If you were to go listen to half of the teachings that he does, he was teaching prayer, teaching prayer. If you'll go study the majority of prophets who are functioning in their office, they're leading prayer. The many of them are functioning at a place because of their spiritual sensitivity and of the ability to interpret the mind of the spirit on the spot at a higher level normally than other ministry gifts. I said normally, I'm not putting any other ministry gifts down. This is just some of the function. Listen, you put a pastor with someone, I'm not going to be able to counsel or bring in the light that the pastor does. I bring in the light that I have in my gifts and my anointing. But so I am called from that office and it fits really well together for being able to interpret the mind of the spirit on the moment on a moment's notice. It works really well together leading prayer groups. So 20 years later, my wife and I are sitting around twilling our thumbs, raising kids, running a business, wondering, God, 
We've been here 20 years. I went three years of Bible school. I did traveling ministry. I got a healing ministry and all this stuff. I've got a prayer group for 14 years. We pray every single week. I'm the leader of it. I've been over all, I've been a healing technician at a big ministry, ministering for people for four years to, for healing every week, all of this stuff. And I'm just sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Well, I've been with Clay Clark for about three years because he helps me with my business. And then Clay got on fire to go to the Reawaken America tour. And so I jumped in on that. And so just a long story short, after about a year or about a half a year or a year of that, the Holy Ghost hit me one day, knocked me over my dining room table and said, I'm sending you to 20 cities and I want you to cover the nation with how to pray. Mm -hmm. I, my wife had already gone to bed. We actually were praying together in the bedroom that night. And I wanted to pray more and she was ready to go to sleep. So I walked in the kitchen and was just walking around praying and that happened. So the next morning she was up and I said, we're called to 20 cities with a prayer ministry. She's like, what? I'm like a prayer ministry. She's like, where'd this come from? I said, it came from God. He knocked me over on the dining room table. He was serving me up like a buffet, like a Marty buffet unto the people. Okay, that's kind of funny. So, so bad joke, but come on, Gus, you can laugh a little bit. So all of that happened and we were kind of surprised. Now the Lord gave us the name Loudmouth. It actually worked out really well. The Holy Ghost literally divinely gave us the name Loudmouth. So that was kind of fun how he did that. And I have to tell you something. It absolutely was perfect. The name Loudmouth came from my great-grandfather, Teofil Lede, who was a, a German farmer in Poland. And the people of Poland grabbed him and took him to the countryside, made him dig a hole in the ground. They called it his grave. And they had kneeled down, and they were fixing to execute him and put him in his grave. Well, a few years before, he'd had an encounter with Jesus because he had gotten hurt farming, and Jesus gave an open vision to him, and he got saved. And he had this really extremely close relationship of prayer with Jesus. He had this walking, talking relationship. Well, they were fixing to kill my great-grandfather, Teofil, and when they were fixing to do that, he said, before you put me in my hole, can I do but one thing before I go meet my God? Can I worship him before I go? Can I just get loud? And they said, oh, sure, because, you know, they've got guns, they're drinking, you know. I mean, like a Louisiana Saturday night, that's where I'm from. And so, okay, sorry, sorry, Gus, that was for you. So, <laughs> so I've been there a few times, Louisiana Saturday night. You know, Alabama had the song, you know, got to, okay, well, possum in a sack, yada, yada, yada. So, okay, so all of that happened, and he began to praise God. And an officer rode up and stopped the execution while he was praising God. And so my, my mom got to live with him for a season in West Berlin. Before the wall came down, my mom lived in, in or East Berlin, the bad one. Whichever one was the bad one, she lived inside there with him, actually with him, during uh, before, you know, during all the wild and crazy that went on there in that in that city and so um so she's telling me and sharing with me um how he would sing out the window he would open the window and sing and worship god to where people would come in the family and literally beat him for singing and praises to god but it wouldn't shut him up every day he'd open that window and just keep singing so one morning i woke up and the lord said your great-grandfather was a loud mouth 
And I knew because Jeannie had came up with came up with the name Loudmouth. My wife came up with that. And then like one or two days later, the Lord said that to me. So that's where the Loudmouth, it was divinely given to us. And it's been really good because Rick, Gus, beautiful, blessed to teach family. I just got to tell you, if there's ever a time, I mean, we, we the, I know the three of us, we personally know, you know, Pastor Arter Pulowski. Yeah. I mean. You know, I'm fixing it. You probably may have done a show with him. I'm fixing to reach out to him. I have his cell phone. We're going to do a show together soon. We saw what Pastor Pulowski went through. We saw what Arter mm -hmm. went through. And that is on the edge of this nation. Rodney Howard Brown in Florida was arrested for holding services and taken to jail. So yeah. these things are taking place that if we don't get loud now, if we don't stand for truth and be loud now, our freedoms, our liberties will just keep getting pushed away by darkness. And that's why we have this loud mouth uh, prayer. Uh, that's a great story. Appreciate you, appreciate you sharing that. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, so talk us a little bit about your, your website and walk us through how people can engage with you. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I actually need to do a lot of updating. But at the top, uh, at the top, now what is it? Does it talk about the Tulsa Healing Revival? Actually, right there, as you see the Tulsa Healing Revival, I yeah. am actually fixing to change that because we are fixing to have another meeting in town called the Days of Glory, and mm -hmm. the eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth of January, we're awesome. going to have prophets so this will be, uh, this will be updated in, to the new Tulsa, one, right? That'll be uh, January, right? Yeah, so that actually, I just we just had that meeting, and I need to update that. So yeah. that very button there is going to be the days of glory in the next few hours. My wife is literally building that. We've been working on that all day today. Awesome. But uh, it, what you can go to the top up there, and you can click on recent shows. I think it's what it says up there. Mm -hmm. And that takes you to some of the first series I've done. What I try to do, Rick, because I'm like you, I love to teach. And so I, I don't have just the prophetic side, but also the Lord right now has me more in the teaching office mm -hmm. where I'm called to be a teacher to the body of Christ. So I function 90% or more of my time teaching the word, teaching the word, teaching the word, teaching the Holy Spirit, teaching tongues, teaching faith, teaching, you know, just how to work, walk and pray and have this lifestyle of prayer how to watch and pray, how to travail, how to get in the spirit and work in union with him to get things done. That's that what I just said is the very center of all that we're doing right now. Teaching people, raising up a prayer army to get in and learn how to grab the things of God and bring them back to earth. You know, when Jesus said that, he said, Father, oh, hallowed, Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done down here as it already is up there. So basically is what he's saying is, Father, it should look down here the way it already looks up there. Well, guess who's responsible for that? Beautiful Gus, beautiful Annette, beautiful Linda Jackson, mm -hmm. Elizabeth, Johan, Chris, Deanna, Marty, Rick. We're the ones, especially Gus. Gus is more responsible than the rest of us. We're the ones responsible to make heaven on earth. Now, this messes up religion. You talk about mess some cessationist stuff. I can't even say sensationalism or whatever it is. Sensationism. You talk about mess them up. They are so working out of a funk of doing nothing. You talk about doing nothing, people. 
nice little three-point sermon that you forget by the time you put the pot roast in your mouth come 1230 on Sunday mornings, and that's all you get. No, we need signs and wonders and miracles. We need all nine gifts of the Spirit. We need the moving of God, the flowing of God. We need to show up in a service and have the glory fill the place, and we sit there for 45 minutes and not say a word because of the weight of His glory. That's what's going to change lives. We don't have to have deliverance ministries when we walk into a room and the deliverer has absolutely filled the room up with his own presence. <laughs> oh, I'm saying some stuff. I'm stepping on more toes now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's more. Uh, and, I, and what I love is this, is just that we just need to get on fire for, and let the, I always talk about that, Lord, just let the Holy Spirit fire fall on everyone in this ministry. Yes. Right? Um, because uh, what we are about to experience is, uh, is going to be unsettling, right? I think God's going to be shaken and out of Hebrews, yeah. right? <laughs> Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken, right? And so, yes, talk a, talk a little bit about that. What do you, what do you, how do you look at this uh, this uh, uh, kingdom that can't be shaken? Any thoughts on that? Okay, so I have a million thoughts on that, Rick. So, <laughs> go ahead and take your hand off the mouse, and I'll be done talking in about two and a half hours. So, okay, um, that was a joke. Um, so, I tell you where I'm sitting right now on this kingdom that can't be shaken. Um, it's what you said a while ago. You covered, what was that level? Was it five or six in the beginning? You covered five or six things that's important for us to function in and operate in. For Linda, Elizabeth, all of us, Annette, Charlotte, all of us, what we're to function in. And you said one of the first ones you mentioned, and you just like, boom, home run, center field fence. Good job. Blessed to teach. You did it. The Word of God. Do you know... The word of God is the answer for winning a nation. Do you know the word of God is the answer for winning a city? Do you know the word of God is the answer for casting out a devil? Do you know the word of God is the answer for someone to be free from anxiety? Do you know the word of God is the answer for a pastor to absolutely fall back in love with the truth again and run towards the fullness of the gospel? The word of God is what saves our nation and our city. And many times, okay, now just keep a balance here. Many times we, now, because, listen, I got to tell you, I'm a prayer ministry, so this is from a prayer guy. Many times what we've endeavored to do is just run after prayer alone with intercession and standing in the gap and all of these things to win our country, save our country, save our state or our city, and be this victorious church. That is not enough. Prayer is exercising the muscles, but the nourishment that feeds them the muscles, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word from basically the Bible, from the Father, and not just prophetic words, but more so the written word of God unto us. So the written word of God is a food. It's a nourishment unto us. And it's not a, just a nourishment unto us, but when we do what I said earlier, when we preach and when we teach, which you do, when we preach and when we teach, we are sowing the word of God into the ground of the hearts of people. And if they will allow that seed of God's word to go inside them, and then it gets watered as we pray. So see, there's the role of prayer. 
Now that's one of the roles, not all the roles, but a lot. And talk about roles, you know. I love you know dinner with a nice big roll with some gravy. But uh, Gus is thinking about that now. But basically, it is the Word of God working with prayer. So a lot of times, hey, let's have a prayer group. Have a prayer group. Yeah, that's really great. But you can't neglect the higher level and importance and foundation of the Word of God. So for the kingdom of God to be victorious, for the kingdom of God to not be shaken, it has to be grounded and founded upon the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. First and foremost, the spirit of God through prayer, the spirit of God with God moving, shows up, accompanies, supports, and helps uphold the working of the word of God. But the spirit of God and his moving always agrees with the word of God he doesn't replace the word of God and that's what many have done they chased after the super spiritual and hey dude I'm telling straight up I am a super spiritual guy God has been taking me to heaven for 20 years I've gone 80 times I've talked to I'm not you're gonna get me talking too much I've talked to people that would blow your mind who went home many years ago I have had interactions in the realm of the spirit but you know what i do i set all that aside at the end of the day and i run after just the foundation and the stability of the word of god so for us the church to not be shaken each and every one of us need to grab a hold of the word of god and feed on it what you said joshua 1 8 boom rick knocked it right over center field fence with a home run baby the word of god in joshua 1 8 that book of the law meditating in it day and night because he said, then your way will be a prosperous and of a good success, but not until then. So when you see the church shaken or you see a person shaken, they've not been in the word enough. Mm-hmm. They've not been in the word enough because they are supposed to be producing a prosperous and successful life. So when you see that's not happening, they're not been in the word enough in that area. Now, we're not trying to be legalistic about this. We're not trying to say, you've got to go do three hours a day in the Word. No, 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 no. It's just getting fed. A good standard rule of thumb is how many meals do you eat for not, for, for your body? You eat three meals a day, maybe a little snack. Some of you are fasting. You might eat one or two meals. But they're really meals that you get nourishment from. We have to receive, whether it's one, two, three, or ten meals a day from the Word of God, we have to receive nourishment. See, that's what's being missed. You go, you get, you hear a message, but you're not getting nourishment inside you because then you're stable spiritually. Then you can grow thereby spiritually. What did he say? The milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You have to get nourishment from the word of God you're getting, not just the word of God. I've talked to people, Rick and Gus, I've talked to people who were dying of cancer. They were not doing good. The doctor says, you have a few months to live. And they would just read the book of Proverbs and read the book of Psalms. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, brother, I'm in the word three hours a day. I'm like, what are you doing? No, no, no. Go to healing scriptures and forget every other scripture. Forget finance scriptures. Forget happy marriage scriptures. Forget that God's got a plan for your life scriptures and run 100%. Because if you don't run at this swinging for the fence, you're going to go home early and you're going to go home. You're going to die. Run after what you need and receive that divine nourishment 
from healing scriptures, your faith will grow by will thereby grow, and you'll be able to lay hold of what you need. And this is it's 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 immaturity that we're going and we're chasing after scriptures. But Marty, it's got to be good for you. What do you need to live? It's not good for you. I've seen this, Rick. I mean, dozens of times, people who wanted to put off doing something with the Word of God, and they go home early because they didn't value what they needed from the Word of God. I'm talking a lot, Rick. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and it comes down to the you know the four things I talked about at the the, the top. You kind of hit two of them really well. And that is having the understanding of the word of God, but also putting it inside your heart, right? Or on your yeah, lips, so important. Right? Um, is a big part of what you just you just nailed there. And then um, uh, another part of this is actually uh, worship and praise. So talk about how, yes. how important that is, and and uh, how how that incorporates your whole life with prayer and everything. How's worship and praise fit into that? You know. Um, Worship and praise. So I have to look at it from two perspectives because I just had a little bit of a rude awakening with me. I had a prophet friend. She's uh, late 60s, maybe early 70s. Wonderful woman of God. She actually joining us uh, for our our second week of January for the big meetings we're having here in, in Tulsa where we're just kind of three days of the glory, outpouring of God's glory. Um, her name is Kim, and Kim and I talked about two weeks ago. And we spend, you know, and Jeannie be with us sometimes. And she's like a mother to us. She actually is having her Christmas party at my house in two nights from now. So of all things, you know, because we, she didn't have any words. Come on over. We'll have your Christmas party here. But, um, but we were talking and we began to talk about worship because I've got a new uh, a young lady that's helping Jeannie and I with our Lama prayer meetings. And the young lady that is doing a wonderful job. Uh, her name is Annika, and she's stepping in the spirit and just singing prophetically, and it's been a wonderful job. And so Gus has heard her um, at least at least this last time. She did, that was a pretty pretty wild, you know that that. Well, you didn't make the one service where she prayed where we ministered. I don't think you made that one service, but yeah, but she does a great job. And it prompted. Go go ahead, Gus. I was going to say, I made the one where she sung about the stink. Oh, the yeah. stinky song. Yeah, that's a whole different world right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Gus. <laughs> yes, her new new hit single, The Stink Is Gone. So we'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> so, um, so Kim and I were talking about worship, and Kim started saying, you know, it's just such a major problem that a lot of worship people, you know, that are coming to churches, they're finding them in bars. They're finding entertainers and telling them that they're worshipers. They're finding people that can play all the instruments and everything just like it's ready to be recorded for a new hit. But what are they bringing to the table? They're bringing entertainment. And and as she was talking, the Holy Spirit really started convicting me and working on me. Because of my call, prophetically, I work with worship. So as far as the minister is concerned, my anointing is, is functioning many times from worship or praise in the service. Uh, the minstrel works really well with the prophet's office. It just works that way. And that's what we are wired to work that way. So I go into many services now thinking with the ministerial mind, and I'm coming in there picking up 
what's the Spirit of God saying in the service? And what's the move of the Spirit now? And just a normal church service, my Sunday morning, where I go sit under my pastors, what's, what's, was that the right song for now or is that the wrong song? And when she was talking to me, the Holy Spirit started showing me that how wrong I've been. I've been going into services, not making it about worshiping Him as a child of this loving, wonderful Father. I've been going in there like I've got my badge on and I'm coming in there to check things out because I'm called to ministry. Look at me. And I'm coming in there to pick up what God's saying. Ooh, the great minister. No, bad Marty. Bad Marty. Straighten up. Quit being that and walk in there as a son who wants to magnify the absolute most wonderful God of heaven and earth. And so the very next service I went into, I laid down all of that other, and I went in, and I didn't look at anyone on the stage, and I leaned over to my 15-year-old, who's as tall as me. He's a big, big, healthy boy. I leaned over and said, son, let's block out everyone in this entire place they set us way down front right behind the pastors which i you know i don't mind but i wasn't wanting that and they set us right there for you know in the middle of this room of 2500 3000 people you know it's a big church and we're sitting down there and i just blocked out everything and had the most wonderful time magnifying god now this is where god dealt with me god said also Son, you've been making the worship services about you, about you getting blessed. And you're saying that was a good service of worship or a bad worship service based on how much you felt blessed. Son, mm. this is a time to magnify me. It's a time to uplift me. It's a time to sing praises to me. So I had myself corrected, Rick, pretty strongly, and I absolutely took it, and it has so re got me repositioned back where I was supposed to be. And so I have to say, just in my personal life with my father, I made those adjustments and everything changed. We went deeper immediately. Like that was secretly holding me back that I was making it more about my ability to perceive or discern the moment instead of Forget the moment, forget the worship, forget the people, just magnify him and happen, happen to do it in the group of a corporate anointing with other people and magnify him and worship him and praise him. But then when we look at Acts and uh, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas were in prison. They were locked up. They were in the dungeon. They were in the bottom of the pit. And they began to, after being beaten, so their clothes are ripped, blood is gushing out of them. They have been beaten and whipped. And they begin to sing, they begin to sing or pray and sing praises unto God. So to answer your question, if you want a life of prayer, it's the first step. And then the final step is you finish with praise. You finish with worship. Because what Paul and Silas did in the worst moment of their life, everything turned around because they prayed and sing saying praises unto God. So many times we have prayer meetings, Rick and Gus, but we don't follow through with the praise. And so I know there's one woman who got healed and they asked her, how did you get healed? She said, well, I prayed five minutes and then I worshiped 55 minutes. Interesting. God inhabits 
the praises of his people. Mm -hmm. So you want him to fill up a room? Praise him. But the key is where I have repositioned myself again with some instruction from him and some correction from her. Block out everything going on. I'm telling you, just shut it down. Don't care. Raise your hands and just from your heart begin to just pour out a magnifying him. You will find out that his presence will increase. Your life will be changed. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians, the first chapter, it says, um, Paul praying for the church of Ephesus says, I pray for you all the time. I cease not to pray for you. I pray for you that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with light, enlightened, that you would know and see three things. Number one, what is the hope of his calling? That means what he hopes to accomplish by the calling he's placed on your life. And number two was, what is the riches of his glory to those with inheritance in the saints? The riches of his glory. What does that mean? That means when we're singing and praising God, his presence fills those praises. Well, his presence is his glory. What do you think Shekinah is? It is the very presence of God. And so his presence, his glory will come and overtake you as you're praising him. So Paul said to the church of Ephesus, I'm praying now that you will know, see and know, the eyes being flooded, that you may know what's the hope of the calling, what's the riches of the glory, and what's the exceeding greatness of power. The riches of the glory, gentlemen and ladies, is when his glory comes upon you, it enriches you. It heals your body. It sets your mind at peace. It makes you sleep good at night. It changes everything, and that's what the glory does. And Paul was saying to the church of Ephesus, I'm really, really, really praying for you that you will see that when you praise and worship, the glory will overtake you, and you will get fully enriched in every arena of your life by the presence of God. Amen, and that's one reason I put... Um worship and praise in the one of the four things that he's been talking to me about uh, because yeah. when that when you're full uh, that's when he, says, he talks about his ways are not our ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts right and that's and that's when if you want to know what his thoughts are and you want to know what his ways are praise and worship can get you there right and that's yes. a very beautiful way to he communicates through us through that Shekinah glory through that praise and worship and uh, yeah. I wanted to kind of go to the, the fourth one is obviously just spending time alone with him and listening to him um, and then doing what he says, right? So, so what's your specific path? Listen to him. Talk to him about it versus praying, I want this, I want this, I want this. Sometimes it's just saying, okay, Lord, what do you want to communicate to me? And shutting up and listening is a, is a big part of what's been part of my life lately. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really interesting. You know, prayer is not... Uh, talking to God it's not petitioning God it's not because I mean when you go look up prayer okay so you have there's a lot of words in the English we can use obviously intercession supplication which I could talk for an hour on supplication most people don't even know what it means request ask even the word demand um, ask him pray to him and then I plug in like the word fellowship you know, having this this time of, of, of being with him. And so all of that 
is not one-sided. When we do the prayer of petition, we do it in the word. That is where, that's an actual type of prayer where we pray and we ask him of the simple necessities in life. And we ask of those that he supplies those. And we come like the Lord is my shepherd. And what is it in the book of in, in Psalms? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know what the reason why he's not wanting? Is because he lives in this prayer of petition, of petitioning God for what he wants, and God is always coming through, and he's never living in want because he's walking in this fellowship with God. But prayer, the prayer of petition, the prayer of faith, prayer of consecration, none of these is one sided. And that's many times what the body of Christ has made it into. And I've even taught it that way many, many times that this is how we present it to God. But every single thing we do with him in this relationship with him is two-sided. That we speak, he listens. He speaks, we listen. And that's the fullness of this not just son and daughter father relationship, but even on the ministerial side or the or the child of God or the servant of God in the earth, it is the co-laboring aspect of when he gives me orders, I'm walking them out and I'm talking to him about what I'm doing and he's always giving me adjustments and speaking to me and leading me and guiding me. So it should never be one-sided. Relationship, relationship. Listen, anytime you have a one-sided relationship, it's not deep, it's not pure, it doesn't have any roots to it, it is not gonna last long. You have a one-sided relationship with someone on this earth, you're not gonna have it very long. Well, the same is true with God. We need to pursue that he is a talker and a listener, and we're talkers, and we're listeners. He is excellent at talking. He is a master <laughs> of projecting exactly what he wants you to know with just the right amount of words. And Rick, I know you know this. You're in the middle of talking to him, or he interrupts your day, and he asks you a question. He is a genius mm -hmm. with these questions. Like, I'm minding my own business. And then God just comes in the room and asks me a question. Well, you know, every single time they're loaded questions. They're not a question because he wants yeah. to know what's going on. Yeah. It's a question to make me think about what's going on, where he can then begin to show me what's going on because he knows, and newsflash, Walter Cronkite, Marty doesn't know. So he's asking me questions to shake me, rattle and roll me to say, hey, Maybe I'm not real smart about this. And then he begins to answer. He's a master. Rick, I know what's happened to you. He showed up in the room and just asked you this question. And you're like, okay, I'm not even thinking about that. It was completely him doing it. Well, he's prompting you to move forward. He's prompting you because he, when he does that, he's probably asking you a question about something that has held you back from moving forward. So he, and actually I'm speaking by revelation right now, but I've never seen or heard of this before. <laughs> but he's yeah. basically prompting you to get over this hurdle mm -hmm. that has been holding you back. Yeah, so let, let's get into a little bit uh, about what happened in, in uh, Miami, I think it was, yeah. So Miami, we know you had you led a event, I'm not sure what you called the After the Pastors for Prayer area, and you had Julie Green come up and you had Amanda Grace come up, and when Amanda was up at that time, um, you were in the back of the stage, and she was doing her teaching. She was almost done, 
and you started getting um, a word from the Lord about Amanda. Can you talk us uh, through what happened that, that night? Yeah, so it was interesting because it's, you know, every time we have an event, our wonderful friends, Amanda and Julie, and, and uh, even we had Donye Clement, our wonderful friend, Kim Clement's daughter, Donye Clement Petruska, uh, who actually I think she's going to be having, uh, she's going to focus uh, with her ministry, Destiny, or House of Destiny. I think they're going to do a focus on Jenny and I and Loud Mouth Prayer in the next few months for about awesome. a month. So we'll spend a lot of time getting a visit with Donye. But, um, but yeah, every time we have an event, there's always something. Like, like the event before when we were in Vegas, mm -hmm. I don't know if you were there, Rick. I'm fixing to get up and introduce Julie Green and general flynn jumps up grabs the mic which i'm reaching out to grab grabs <laughs> the mic and says someone just put you know there was the uh the the, the picture the pro what was the picture of the the, the mug shot the mug shot oh, of trump yeah. came mm -hmm. out while we're having the event mm -hmm. general flynn gets really mad grabs the mic walks out on the stage and says marty do you mind i'm like Hey, this is your event, baby. Whatever you want. You're a general. I'm barely in the army. So he goes out there and just actually went off on the bad guys for about five minutes. And then he handed me the mic and he said a few unpopular words to the body of Christ because he was mad. And he's a general, so he can do whatever he wants, you know. And so it was a little funny. We're having this prayer event and General Flynn goes off on the bad guys. Uh, but then I had, you know, I got to, and so every time we have an event, there's always some fun, you know, because you got 30 people in the mix. Well, this one was interesting because the pastors for Trump went about 30, 45 minutes over mm -hmm. and we only had so much time we could be in the room. But I, and then I also brought in Donye because I wanted Donye to be able to have, because, you know, I'm trying to bring in the prophet offices to begin to work and, and to be able to speak and, and to keep pushing back the darkness because there's much that they do there. And so, um, so we were running out of time. So I walk up on the stage because Amanda's going. So I walk up on the stage. I'm up there so that she can understand Amanda. You're out of time, but I'm not going to interrupt you. So I'm just going to stand up on the edge of the stage. So then I kind of walk to the back of the stage and she sees me, but she's focusing because she's in a good flow and she's really doing it. I actually listened to it again just the other day. She did such a, it was such a great message that she shared, but I'm back there. Well, I'm back there up on the stage with her, the Holy Ghost, the office of a prophet comes upon me. The Holy Ghost begins to hit me and now I'm bubbling up inside. So that's how that prophecy works many times he'll start feeding it to you and it starts bubbling up like you know when you got your water boiling on the stove and you put the lid on there and it's boiling really hard and the lid hardly goes on because the steam is pouring out it's kind of like that i'm just a bubbling and it's starting to come out my mouth oh kata simaka it's starting to come out of me because i'm holding it back because he's wanting to come out and say something. And so then I think Jenny came up actually while that happened. So finally, uh, I grabbed the mic uh, I, the, while she was talking on a mic on the stage. And, and I and there, just, was, there, there was one one event right before that where you you got a, you got a text that you could get extra time. Right. Yes. So yes. that was a key part actually, of this. I think. They yeah. texted us. Yes, they did. They did text us 
um, about in that time, they the, the lady who's over the room that works right. for the Trump Hotel. But it was a really uh, cool Durrell, moment. You came she, off the stage. I saw you look at your phone, and then you said, "Keep on going, keep on going," to Amanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you yeah. came to the stage, and then no, I see you going like this. And I, I'm there with Jeremiah. It was a real special moment for me, a uh, guy that uh, one of our key guys in this ministry, and we got to see. A word come to you for Amanda. So anyway, I've interrupted, but go ahead. Yeah, so basically the Lord, you know, so Amanda has gone, Gus, how many times? At least once to Israel in the last, and she was planning a second trip, but I know that she had gone at least once or twice. She's gone once, and she was planning on going in May. Yes. It was canceled, she she delayed it for the back. And that's why for no more. Yeah, she's canceled the May trip with what's going on over there right now. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she comes to Tulsa, and Gus comes with her, and Chris, and we talk, and we fellowship and stuff. So we, and, and I, I normally call Amanda about every week and a half, two weeks, and we have a good hour of conversation, and we just catch up on what's going on in the world, and her world, and mine world. Jenny and I, we talk with her, and sometimes I call her while I'm driving, and she's like a sister, you know. I called her my older sister, but uh, she's actually younger than me, uh, so she she never laughs at that. Um, especially when she answers, I say, "Hey, mamaw," and she's like, "Marty, I'm not a mamaw." So um, I just love to mess with her because that's just my personality. I just love to pick on everybody, and so. Um, but yeah, so I I knew that she has a heart for Israel, and the word of the Lord just came to me that she's not just a prophet unto this nation but she's a prophet unto that nation. And because there is to be, now actually I feel the anointing coming on me because I haven't talked about this at all till this moment, because where we are in the culmination of times, it is expedient. It's extremely important in the mind, in the heart of the Holy Ghost that our nation stands with that nation. It's very important. There is not to be a division between our nation and that nation. And I believe she's prophetically called, uh, prophetically, to help keep these two nations, not just butting heads, but in union, and that we stand with that nation. Now, obviously, we've got to deal with a whole bunch of crazy politicians. Some of them, if not many, many, many of them, are just absolutely endeavoring to stay wrapped up in darkness, although we're going to preach and pray and speak over them opposite of that. But some of them really like to be wrapped up in darkness. And so we have to deal with that fact. But at the end of the day, that's why God sends in generals. And the Lord said to me about a year before, a man is a general of the online army, which I don't know if you guys have ever heard that before. But I actually, uh, Amanda was going through something one day, and uh, she called and she said, would you pray or something like that? And I grabbed Jenny, you know, I got off the phone and uh, cause you know, she's has, she, you know, Gus could tell you there's a lot, you know, with Chris and just the sanctuary. There's so many animals. She has lots of employees. It's just easy to have stuff to deal with. So one day she was just asking me for extra prayer. Jenny and I sat on the couch and we held hands and we began to pray for her. And immediately the word of the Lord came to me that she is a general of the online army the online church and I'm like I I don't know if I want to share that publicly because I believe that you should forsake not the assembly of yourselves together (laughs) and that there is the together but at the end of the day when you've got a hundred thousand Christians 
not going to church because of COVID, what did they do? Well, they listened to Amanda and they had this general. So he called her a general of the online church, the online army. And so that's really what he was saying to me about this, that position that she has. Because see, this is what happens. Her influence is great in this hour, meaning there's a lot of people that listen to her mm-hmm. and a lot of people that follow her. So she's speaking positively concerning Israel. Yeah. And she's speaking about let's pray and let's support Israel. So she's a general to bring prophetically the U.S. Because the U.S., my friends, isn't the government. The U.S., my friends, isn't buildings and streets and oceans and mountains. No, the U.S. is people. The people are the city. The people are the township. The people are the state. Right there, what it just showed you. What did it just say? We the people. Look, here it is. Right here. Right there. You see that? Yeah. (laughs) He's got it on his, and I've got it right there. We the people that's oklahoma that's right. united states that's Probably new york that's way, new that, york city that's what you see right there <laughs> there you go nice gun by the way so i've uh well shoot i don't actually don't have mine normally i have mine right here with me. um so we're people so she prophetically is embracing this nation and embracing israel and bringing these together with her online army influence of telling people, hey, listen, I know the bad guys. I know propaganda is trying to tell you that Israel is bad and we should pray for the Palestinians. We should bless the Palestinians. We should bless Hamas. They did a good thing. Absolutely insanity. So she's, she's standing for truth to bring these two nations together. And so I believe that's what that meant. Yes. See if I can get, get see if I can get you back. <laughs> now that I now that I uh, just hid everything. There's me. Now if I can find Marty, we'll we'll, we'll get we'll get that back. That was a good mistake coming up there and hitting the hitting the there. See there's camera A. We'll see. There's my zoom. There's Marty. All right. <laughs> So we were showing the off the gun and the we the people uh, part. So uh, Marty, uh, we're, we're gonna, we uh, I wasn't able to do news beforehand, so we're going to do that afterwards here. So we just want to move to some prayer for you and uh, yeah. what you're doing. But before that, I wanted to talk to just a little bit. Just t- tell us all where we can find you. I know obviously loud mm-hmm. loudmouthprayer.com we talked about earlier. Um, obviously on Rumble here is is loudmouth prayer. Where else can uh, they find uh, you and keep up with you? So I'm streaming on three social media, which YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. So if you were to go to all three of those and just type one word, loudmouth, make sure you keep it together just the way you see on the screen, loudmouth, and then prayer. If you were to do a search in YouTube, Rumble, or Facebook, you would find us really easy. You know, I'm not sure how easy it is if you have to have a Facebook account to be able to do that but youtube and rumble you do not have to have an account now i say youtube has given us the left foot of fellowship two times literally for doing nothing wrong they were being a little silly which you know they're they're youtube we expected so i focused a whole lot on building my rumble channel and directing people to rumble first now it's not the most it's not a hundred percent as easy of a flow 
and pleasant as YouTube, but it still has a, it's still a great, powerful platform. And we've loved, actually love to be able to use Rumble. So I definitely say, hey, if you have the chance between YouTube and Rumble, uh, Rumble is what we prefer you to go to. But every single thing I do, unless I mention the real president, Mm-hmm. Or things about elections going weird. Unless I mention those things, um, I think probably in the last six months there were two videos I erased the day after. I did them and I leave them on there for one day for my main family to watch them on YouTube, and then I erase them within 24 hours, and I don't get any strikes or any weird actions from there. But I still leave them on Rumble, and Rumble doesn't care. So, yeah. And then going to loudmouthprayer.org. It is poorly, poorly, extremely not kept up. I'm in the middle now of finding someone and pulling the trigger and revamping my website of just getting all of my teaching materials on there because I've done about 380 shows teaching and they average from 40 to minute 40 minutes to an hour long. That's a whole lot of teaching and I study about an hour and a half for every hour that I teach. So there's a lot of studying. And it's just been powerful. The teaching gift, the prophetic teaching gift, you may have never heard of that terminology, the prophetic teaching gift. So being a call to the office of a prophet, you can teach as a teacher and you can teach from the office of a prophet or you can even teach from the office of a pastor. So each ministry gift is called many times and is capable of teaching. And so when you teach, from the office of a prophet, you're getting prophetic teaching. And I'm getting information, insight, and revelation because that office is a revelatory office. So I'm getting tons of revelation I've never heard, never said, coming out of my mouth live prophetically on the spot while I'm teaching. About every time that I say, whoa, I'm saying something right now, that is that, and I'm, I say that probably three times in, or four times in the show this morning, of uh, just basically stuff is just coming out of me. I'm shocked when I'm hearing myself say it. So that's what's beautiful about this gift. It is coming straight from the Holy Ghost. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, what we can pray for Marty specifically about. Well, I tell you, because I know you guys are people of prayer and your hearts are good, I'll tell you the inside loop scoop right now. Mm -hmm. Just last night, um, I called together our prayer team here in Tulsa, and we had about 10 of us come together, and it's our our team that covers Jenny and I and Lauma Prayer. I don't let them, as far as our time together with them, they don't pray on anything other than Jenny and, and I and our children being protected because there's, there's an enemy that doesn't like us. And then the, 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 the procedures and the carrying out of loud mouth prayer activities. And so when we're together, we focus on that. I called them together for a special meeting last night. We prayed for an hour and a half and prophesied and prayed and encouraged each other on this one thing. How do we cover this nation with how to pray? I go back to two years ago when the Lord knocked me over my dining room table. He knocked me over and just served me as a little Marty snack. And, okay, that sounds kind of weird. But um, but he knocked me over the table and said, Son, I want you to pick up and cover the nation with how to pray. And I'm being brought back to that really strongly over the 
love just going in deeper with him, I find that call shouting at me, shouting at me. You remember when Paul was being had a vision and they were and they were over in Macedonia and they were, hey, come on over, come on over to Macedonia. Was it Macedonia? It's almost like that. I just have this shouting, like, come, come to the nation. Teach us how to pray. I'm feeling like this shout and this call because he said to me to cover the nation with how to pray. Well, there's a hundred different ideas I could come up with, but I don't want my ideas. I want his. So that's what I'm praying. I only want the perfect plan and purpose of the Father in how to do this because it's the best way. It's the fastest way. It reaches the most. It, it helps him more with his number one desire, being patient for the precious fruit of the earth. All of this is hinged upon me hitting it right, just walking in sync with him. It's not hard, but it's good to cover it in prayer. So if someone was to pray for me, I would say, could you pr please just pray in tongues as much as you want for us? And then you can mix in the English of saying, Father, help loudmouth prayer. No, show them exactly how you want them to cover this nation with how to pray. Awesome. Awesome. I know we have some prayer warriors uh, backstage, so uh, we'll start with Charlotte praying for you. Thanks, Charlotte. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, thank you that you are endowing him with power from on high to get it right, to get it right. And his heart is right before you. And I thank you, Lord, for this mighty man that you raised up, Lord, this obedient servant that stuck with the children for 25 years before you brought him out. You tested him and he has shown himself strong on behalf of you and you are showing yourself strong on behalf of him. So I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in his life. Continue to protect him, surround him by the holy angels, multitudes and multitudes around his family, Lord, and no fear shall come upon him, nor even think about touching his family in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Charlotte. Anybody else feel led to pray for Marty? Go ahead and uh, go ahead, Elizabeth. Hi. Um, I'm just going to say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses and, um, for, and those that trespass against us, Father God. Lord Jesus, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the, from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And I just pray, pray for this ministry, Father God, this precious ministry of Marty's, that you will send it forth with power and might, and, and by your spirit, Father God. We just give you praise and glory, and we thank you that you'll enlarge the tents, and most of all, you'll show up, and you will just bring revelation of your presence your glory and how you just want to speak to us lord how you want a relationship with us and lord we just give you praise and glory for what you're going to do is going to be awesome we just give you praise amen amen uh, thanks elizabeth go ahead uh, linda 
The Father just did and whisper as to felt. The Father said, I pray. The protector of Marty, his family, his children, that strong protection over him. Stay get your hands off him, I commanded right now to just say. You have no right touching him. Leave his, what God has given him to do for, for us, for everyone. I command, get your hand off him right now. I command right now in Jesus' name. Father, send protection on him. Keep him safe out there where you have for him to do. Right now, I command it. Protection, protection, protection on him right now. His family, his wife, his children, his calling. Severe protection all over him. I plead blood Jesus Christ over him right now. Mm -hmm. I come in right now in the name of Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Linda. Um, Annette? Oh, yes. Uh, Father God, we are so grateful to have this wonderful man here speaking so beautifully about you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and teaching us with his wisdom that you have given him. So we are so grateful that we that you teach us, Father God, through him. And we ask you that no weapon formed against him, his wife, his children, it will not prosper because God, you will send also your mighty angels to watch over him, to watch over his family. And you will guide them and lead them through your holy, mighty, holy spirit. And you will fill them with your love and you will align them uh, with everything you have for them, Father God, in their lives, in relationships. You will align them with what your plans are for, for their lives, for um, everything in their lives, Father God. And we just bless them all. We just bless them, Father God, with your abundantly blessings, Father. And uh, thank you, Father, uh, for blessing them and filling them with your love and peace and joy and you will protect them all the way in their lives father god thank we you, praise mm -hmm. you and thank you that you will fill them with your holy spirit and just oh father give them your will way and plan for their lives in jesus name amen amen yeah we got chris and then we'll i'll wrap it up go go ahead chris Father, I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for Marty and Jenny and me at Loudmouth Prayer. Father, I ask you that you would put a hedge of protection and a wall of fire around Marty and the top of their head to the soles of their feet, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you that you would open up the door, that he would know what step to take, that you would give him ideas that he has never thought of, that will be able to reach people that he's never reached. Father, that this generation that we know need you. Father, I ask you that you would open up the windows of heaven and that you would pour out Marty and Jenny a blessing, that they would be able to reach this generation. Father, that it, in, in 
just new ways that none of us have thought about. But Lord, we ask that you would give Marty and Jenny those ways that they will be able to reach into this generation. They will be able to undo and untie the knots that the evil one has created in these children and these young people in this generation father we just thank you and praise you for the ministry that you have given them lord we thank you that they have a voice in this earth for you and they use it for your glory and we just ask for divine protection over them no matter where they go that you would give them traveling mercies whenever they're in vehicles and whenever they're in the air lord that no weapon formed against them will prosper and we praise you and thank you lord amen Amen. I noticed, Gus, that you're unmuted. I don't know if you're there because you're driving, but just wanted to see if you, you wanted to say a quick prayer or not. Just not. Yes, I'm unmuted. Okay. Abba, Father, I just want to com come in complete agreement with all these wonderful prayers. Lord, I just pray, uh, as Chris just prayed, Lord, that you would give uh, Marty divine inspiration of new innovative ideas things that would awaken this generation lord it's so many yet sleep so many have been programmed so so what's the word uh knit together so strong give them the ability to untie the knots of that programming or that people would be awakened most especially awakened to you lord uh, I pray for protection over Marty and Jenny and the boys and uh, just bless loudmouth prayer Lord in Jesus name Amen Amen. I'll just wrap this up real quick thank you Marty so much for being on the show Heavenly Father just thank you uh, what a beautiful beautiful ministry here for that you've unleashed him to, to teach a prayer Lord and I disagree with all these prayers all these wonderful prayers for these prayer warriors backstage Lord, uh, uh, we, we uh, also just by the precious blood of Jesus and by the power and authority of his name, the name above all names, we are going to bind the rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world that are trying to take Marty off his path, Marty and Jen off his path. And Lord, we just thank you for, for, for binding the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We also ask that the line of Judah is, is loosed uh, to come down for the spirit of truth will just lead his way. And Lord, uh, we ask that the angels of all rankings divisions are, are loosed as well to just show Marty his way. And uh, Lord, thank you for, uh, just as we discussed about that, Marty is close to you, he's listening to you, and he's ready to obey. And we just cannot wait. And we ask, lastly, that the, that, the, that what you talk about in Acts 3.19, the times of refreshing, just comes across Marty, comes across his whole family. They're able to have a great night's sleep tonight and wake up with the joy of the Lord. Lord, just have the Holy Spirit come across him. He feels it, and he feels refreshed. We love you, Lord, and thank you for that times of refreshing. We say things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. We really appreciate it. We just wanted to give you a last word, Marty, if anything you wanted to say before we wrap her up. <clears throat> a last word. Ah, I love last words. Thank you. Um, last word, Gus. You're too incredibly good looking. That's the last word, number one. Last word, number two. By inspiration of the Lord, most definitely. Much. There's much conversation every day where I'm being asked, and you're hearing much about a shaking to come. But Rick said so well that we are 
and unshakable body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so set your heart and your mind on him because the more you draw near unto him, the more you'll be unshakable in your own personal life. And then you're usable because there will be those around you that are being shaken. So set your heart and your mind on him, draw near to him, you know, like you've never done before. Just give extra time to him. Who owns your time owns your heart. So if you give more time to him, draw near to him. And what I talked about earlier about the worship, blocking everything out and just pouring, magnifying him. That is, it was, it changed. It, it blessed me so much when I made that change. So we love you. Thank you so much for allowing me to talk to you and share with you tonight. All right. So it's a backstage with mine, unmute and say goodbye to Marty. We're going to move to news next. But thank you so, Marty, for taking the time. Bye. Bless you, Bless you guys. We Bye, love you. Marty. Yes, you God are bless. So thank you so much. Thank you. You guys Marty. are awesome. Bless you. God bless. Love you, Marty. Shalom. 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 Hey, brother. Shalom. Shalom, shalom. All right. Uh, so we had some uh, technical difficulties early in the show, so now we're moving to some news that we haven't been able to um, hit here. So we uh, opened the, this or titled this uh, uh, about the FBI and this case that essentially confirms the Pizzagate narrative, right? And what we what, what uh, this just blew out of proportion, and people are saying, "Oh, now Pizzagate is proven true," and so I wanted to just kind of backtrack and tell you what really happened here right so liz uh liz croken who was out of shadows is awesome she's been pounding pizza gate pizza gate pizza gate and the truth of it all the time pizza gate's always been true right and we already always already know that pizza and cheese pizza and hot dogs and all these terms mean specific things in the pedophile world we've known that for years right problem is the general public doesn't really know that and that and the media way back when pizza gate hit redefined it specifically to be a specific pizza parlor or a specific thing and they took bizarre things that had happened and literally did a false flag with the guy that went and shot in there to basically discredit the the account of, of the of the very truth about these pedophile terms and that it is happening in dc and it is happening in dc okay but what was exciting about this it was a case in um texas that actually actually showed um, that a FBI person just confirmed what we already knew, and that is that pizza was used by this guy. So it says uh, this Cezanne Anon, a new investigated by the FBI, led to the arrest of a Texas A&M staff member this week. And by Texas A&M is a great Christian school in general, right? It's a secular, but there's a lot of Christian that goes there. A lot of on-fire ministries are there. So I want to let you guys know that that is... A, you know, probably one of the best uh, secular schools of Christians, if you will. Um, it's still secular and unfortunately messed up but and doing a lot of woke stuff. But in general, there's a lot of great ministries there. So I just want to let you know that. Which is another example of pizza code words being used by child predator. This has led to many people like journalist Liz Crokin, who's awesome, by the way. Um, if you want to really understand Pizzagate, follow Liz Crokin on X or Twitter or other, other platforms to point out that the Pizzagate story from 2016 was obviously based on truth. The latest pedophile figure, Clint 
Harden worked at Texas A&M University and was arrested for child pornography charges early this month. According to the statement by the FBI, he used the pedophile code PIZZA in chats to discuss child porn. You can see here is Liz's ex-post right here that you'll see. Please uh, mute backstage. And you can see here, here's the actual post from X or Twitter that she put on here talking about, boom, FBI confirms Pizzagate and College Station, Texas case. And it's really gross when you start looking through all this where it talks about pizza. He talks about, I love cheese pizza. Who's giving pizza for free? And he's talking about wanting um, underage sex, right? And his guy's busted for it and an FBI person confirmed it. So it's really kind of a, I know, awesome deal that this case confirmed what we already knew. Um, but it's really nothing new at all other than the fact that um, it's coming back into the psyche of, a, of Americans, right? Which is, which is, which is awesome. And uh, I won't be, I'm going to come back to this a little bit because and, and, there's, and there's a lot of details about here where he talks about um, this pizza. He actually says, pizza is one of my favorite foods. This guy was really sick, right? Because he's talking about a young girl or a young boy, depending on, a, usually it's a young boy, it's a hot dog, young girl's uh, cheese pizza and um, you can see it goes through all these different things that he did it's really uh, gross if you dig into it and you can find all this in the, the show notes as well it talks about these 28 points that are in here showing that this guy was a very very sick person talking about pizza in multiple ways and um, again exciting to see that this is hitting because we need to expose this this is happening in DC that's the part that they're hiding out uh, this uh, episode is sponsored by my pillow. Um, I'm not going to play this commercial, but basically, um, guys, it's a great way to shop for Christmas. Um, and Mike's great. He not only gave me a promo code of B2T, he gave me my own 800 number. So if you call 800, let me get this uh, music off. Um, 1-800-975-1157. That's uh, 1-800-975-1157. Just do some Christmas shopping there. Mike needs it. He's been pulled out of more stores again. And this is, they got 261 um, types of gifts that you can give, guys. It's way more than just slippers and pillows and towels. There's also things for dogs. There's things, uh, there's a mystore.com. You can use the B2T code as well. So if you're doing Christmas shopping, why not help the Patriot out? Look, look there, there's 261 products. Again, they've got bed frames and adjustable beds, all kinds of things there at mypillow.com. Make sure you can hit slash B2T. There's a link down below in the video. Uh, do your Christmas shopping with Mike and uh, really support the Patriot movement as we go forward um, in your Christmas shopping. Um, this is interesting, really, too. This is exciting. There's a miracle where these Muslim men in Gaza, they see Christ after over 200 dreams of Jesus on the same night. This just happened recently. So I think it was during the pause, right, of the war. It says more than 200 Muslim men in Gaza. And I'm just going to read the guy's post here because this is really awesome. So this is actually from Facebook. You'll find it. And you'll see here, God is working in the midst of war. This is on November 10th is when he first posted this. The news coming out of the Palestine from underground Christian ministry. So this was actually during the war. So it was actually before the pause. Over the past two days, we have ministered to hundreds of fathers who have lost most, if not all, of their children in the war. Some of those children being older children that were militants and of Hamas, right? As we moved these men to safety, we fed them, washed their clothes, and began to read the Bible to them, sharing the way of peace through Jesus. Then a big miracle happened. Last night, so this has been November 9th, 
Jesus appeared to more than 200 of them in their dreams on the same night. They have come back to us to learn more from God's word and are asking how to follow Jesus. I side with Israel in this war, not necessarily for theological reasons, but because Hamas and those backing it are pure evil. Yet I know that not all Palestinians support Hamas. In fact, they, in fact, they will be punished severely if even suspected of not supporting Hamas. Let's pray that this war can be over soon and that Israel can eradicate Hamas so the Palestinians can be free of Hamas. And that's a big prayer, guys, is let's, let's get them free from Hamas, right? Because uh, we know what Hamas' stated goal is. is it's, it's just genocide. And anybody that says Israel's doing genocide now is just ridiculous. They, I mean, because they're, they're bringing goods to hospitals. They're allowing the, the citizens to move south. They do everything they can outside of um, uh, allowing the Hamas to, to survive underneath hospitals, underneath schools, underneath mosques, etc. But they, but they uh, have, have done everything they can to uh, protect civilian life. And um, that's not, by definition, uh, genocide, right? But this is a celebration. God's working in this. In fact, he talked to me about this, about how he was going to actually reconcile Jews that hate Palestinians and Palestinians that hate Jews. Not not all of them, but there's going to be some of that. And here we see 200 men all coming to Christ that are Palestinians, right? And uh, this could be the beginning of some great revivals going on and that's quite exciting here's special counsel jack smith sought info on anyone who favored favorited or retweeted trump's tweets <laughs> and so um and I, i'm not sure if uh, if this was truth as, as well because that's where he's oh, the only place he's really posting on it is is truths right but if it goes back to the 2020 time period where he was on twitter right um before they knocked him off right after the january 6th event he they went he went back and actually looked at everybody that even put a heart on one of Trump's tweets or retweeted it. That's how that's how uh, this this is a weaponized Justice Department, and this just proves it right there that he would actually do that. According to the heavily redacted document issued to then Twitter in January, the court ordered the social media giant to forfeit a bevy of information regarding Trump's account, including advertising information, including advertising IDs, ad activity, and ad topic preferences, as well as IP preferences, I mean IP addresses, used to create login and use the account and privacy and account settings. So basically, they they are saying, give me everything, because I'm going to go attack everybody that supports Trump. That's what this shows. This is what they're doing. They're, they're literally more than half the country who's now that support Trump, right? They, they're weaponizing the Justice Department to attack you and me. And that is something that we need to pray against and call down. Deutsche Bank executives bolsters Trump's defense in the New York fraud trial. So we're starting to see that right now, too. Testimony by Deutsche Bank executive at the former President Trump's civil fraud trial seems to have bolstered the former president's defense. Um, and so, again, the, the, the specifics of that is pretty... pretty uh, damning to their case, obviously, when uh, Director David Williams, who testified on behalf of the defense, also said that the sta it's standard practice for Deutsche Bank to subject a client's asset value to an adjustment, saying differences between the client and the bank about the client's assets aren't a disqualifying factor when considering guaranteeing loans. It's just a difference of opinion. 
And Mr. James had argued that the former president inflated the value of his assets by as much as $2.2 billion to get better loan terms from the bank and seeking to recover about $250 million, which is a complete lie. And, the, and the, so now the bank, this, this this testimony is showing that, no, that's not the case. And um, everybody's laughing at this case. And Trump's even, even talking about it. He's saying, Judge Erdogan's Trump's hating wife, together with his very disturbed and angry law clerk, have taken over control of the New York State witch hunt trial aimed at me, my family, and the Republican Party. So if you haven't heard, you know, his hate Trump hating wife put a bunch of stuff on there about F Trump and all these other things that they found on her social media. And this law clerk uh, was massively anti-Trump as well and is putting out stuff about uh, uh, anti-Israel stuff. This is such an embarrassment to all within the New York State judicial system as murder and violent crimes rage like never before. So Trump just keeps truthing about this. Here's ABC News. Quote, he reported both a net worth and an investable assets well in excess of our minimum requirements, Williams said, confirming that the bank set the interest rate for Trump's commercial loans between 2 and 2.5%. The testimony also appeared to bolster Trump's argument that his lenders did their own due diligence, diminishing the importance of his statements of financial condition that are at the center of the case. Bottom line, Trump didn't get any favors here. No, there was no victims. The silliest case uh, ever put against uh, especially a former president. Uh, but again, this sets the stage that it's okay for the for us to um, prosecute former presidents. Even though Trump's innocent, it's setting the stage for those who are not innocent. That's the beautiful part about this. President Trump's latest Motion to compel discovery exposed forward interference in the 2020 election in one of the worst cybersecurity incidents in history. So the more that these cases come, it's allowing, you know, accused to say, how do you allow evidence to come in uh, to the to the judicial to the, to to the system, right? And the answer to that obviously is through lawsuits. So these lawsuits actually help introduce evidence that you wouldn't have been able to introduce otherwise. So this is God working, right? It's either the white hat plan and God working with that white hat plan that infiltrated the infiltrators. This is, guys, it, everything is going to be fine, but it is going to shake hard to wake up a ton of people. And uh, that means your personal world is going to be shaken as well, right? So if there's one thing I agree with most of what Marty talked about, but if there's one thing I disagree with is that uh, if that you're shaking, your world's getting bad, it's not because you haven't spent time with God uh, uh, potentially. Uh, you can spend a long kind of time with God and be on the right path and your world's still going to shake and get worse. Why? Because in this world you have trouble. But it's okay because Christ has overcome the world, right? And uh, the point, my point being is that he's going to shake everybody's personal world right now, including those that are very close to him. Uh, but again, it's going to be shaken for our good. Even though it's going to look bad, it's going to feel bad, and it is going to be bad for a period of time. It's going to be a short period of time. Um, just I just don't want anybody to have a theological stance that if your life's going bad, it's your fault. Because God is shaking. He's letting the enemy shake right now. And it's, and it's, it's really for our benefit later, but it's going to really hurt our personal lives, I believe, in, in, our, in our shaking. That's why we have to just be steadfast, focused on him. Trump's attorneys state that the case in Washington, D.C. reflects little more than partisan advocacy designed to sabotage President Trump's leading campaign for the 2024 presidential election. We all are seeing that right now, and we're starting to see that 
uh, that that this all, all this information is going to allow election fraud coming in here. All all the exposure of what Hillary did with her special access programs, what Obama did with the with his aliases, what Joe did with his alias, what the Biden crime family did. That all leads up to Obama and Hillary. It's all coming out, guys, and it's going to be an exciting exciting time these next six months, I believe. And I believe we're not even going to get to an actual election the way they want the cabal wants to where it's rigged. I believe it's going to be uh, paper ballots led by the military. We'll see if I'm right about that. I think it's going to be a special election like that. Uh, because by that time, there's going to be so much election fraud coming out, the, the, the public's going to demand us to have an election that's fair versus using Dominion, Sakia, uh, all, these, all these voting machine companies that are completely corrupt. And the and obviously controlled by by the, the the globalist elites in 54 countries. It's not just America they've done this. So hey, uh, we've got uh, next week S. Giannon coming on. Following week, Dr. Brian Artisan 107 coming on. So some great guests coming on. So join us. You're going to have a, a lot of fun with that. Look at this. You know the Koch brothers. They're complete rhinos. They're complete con incorporated people. Right. You can see it right now. Koch backed Americans for Prosperity, endorses Nikki Haley for president. That any so the great news about Nikki Haley and DeSantis and all these people running is that we are finding out who all the rhinos are. And if anybody had any doubt that the major globalist funding mechanisms of Con Incorporated on the right, right, largely produced on Coke, you basically had George Soros on the left and the Coke brothers on the right doing the right-left paradigm. So we'd fight between right and left when this is really we the people versus those guys, the globalists. So Koch brothers are not our friends. They are Con Incorporated. Con as in con man, right? Con Incorporated, Conservative Incorporated, they call it. And uh, that is, uh, and, and this is shows. Here they go, supporting Nikki Haley, right? Um, I know we're gonna we're a little bit late, but we're gonna get to Gus's Bible study backstage. So if you guys really want an awesome Bible study, uh, we're a little late. I just want to get through some of this news real quick. Uh, we're almost done here. We'll go backstage here in a second. So if you have a backstage set pass, if you don't have a backstage pass, why? <laughs> it used to be seventeen seventy-six a month with awesome value. People are still paying that as a pay-forward model, but you can come on for free now. Come and try it out. If you see value in it, then you can pay forward for somebody else. Right? That's the way. That's the way it works. Uh, MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene reinduces motion to impeach Mayorkas, forcing House vote by the end of the week. So that fiasco is still going on. Here's, uh, for once, AOC is right. AOC gets more than she bargained for after complaining that residents are fleeing New York City. Uh, she talks about this, and, and people are, are really telling the truth about why they're leaving versus the, the narrative that she wanted. Because what they're really leaving is because of the crime, and, and really, the, the con it's, it's a captured operation when it comes to the voting machines. That's really what we see in California as well. That's a red state. Um, who knows uh, if we'll, we'll see, I think, pretty soon that I bet Trump won New York back in 2020 um, once we get the real results. Um, exclusive, here's how much regulations cost average American family and how Biden is making it worse. So regulation after regulation, it's how they kill us, right? They tax upon taxes upon taxes and regulation upon regulation on regulation. And this is showing that um, we pay at least 14,000 hidden regulatory costs every year, right? So those are things like uh, you know cars that have to have certain features on it that we don't even use and that causes the car cost to go up or 
Yeah, same thing with with your air conditioning systems or even a dishwasher you buy, and only can use the toilets can only use so much water. There's so many regulations that it ends up choking out the economy. That's part of the design of the Solinsky tactics to do this, right? Look at this. Rumble files a federal defamation lawsuit against the co-founders of a purported watchdog group. So these watchdog groups are often funded by Soros or other leftist billionaire money to basically attack any platform that's not going to censor. So they're basically um, doing lawfare and or doing what media managers are doing to Elon. They're trying to knock out Elon because there's free speech there. They're trying to knock out Rumble because there's free speech here where we're live right now. Right? Um, guys, I always want to remind you, there's the silver went up to $25 and there's a pressure of all these banks failing. This is, this is going to be exciting when the Babylon system, financial system crashes. We know what's going to happen. Everybody's been talking about it. And then we see all the signs now. You do not want to be one day late on this. If you do not have any precious metals, remember, he works with international clients too. Make sure you have a call. It's a free call with, with, uh, with Kirk Elliott. You can see that on kirkelliottphd.com slash B2T. Get your free call in and, 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 and brainstorm what your assets are. Because if, if, if you have not, if, if you have a bunch of cash or, or the, the real estate bus that's about ready to happen, the stock bus that's going to happen, um, to, to think about diversifying into precious metals is very important. I've, I've done five transactions with, with Kirk. You can have this uh, into a top depository here in Texas, or you can take it at home if you're in the States. And again, Silver doesn't have much downside at all because it takes like $18 to get out of the ground, right? It also um, has massive derivatives from these, these financial companies, Bank of America and JP Morgan being the worst. Once those two fall, boom, those derivatives come off. That's what's suppressing the cost. And just like the U.S. debt clock shows, there's huge upside here. I'm just asking you to think through this, talk to an expert. Uh, you can call Kurt, by the way, at, uh, there's a phone number right here. 720-605-3900. Make an appointment with him. 720-605-3900. And do not be one day late. <laughs> because when this goes up, it's 30, 60, 100 fold. Um, you'll miss out if you're one day late. You're even one hour late, right? Here's uh, We talked about Marty Grissom and all his, his things. So make sure that you're following him. Uh, I don't have time to read Julie's prophetic word, but you can find them all in the neighborhood. So make sure that you download neighborhood.social on your phone. Or just go to neighborhood.social on your URL, on your on your uh, website. Again, neighborhood.social. That's where we're communion. It's a Facebook replacement. You guys will love it. That's where you'll find Julie's words. You'll find my word that I'm getting. Um, as I've spent a long time with the God, this is an exciting time, guys, to really, really get into this. But with that, we're going we're gonna to move backstage to go to Bible study. I saw Gus driving around. Hopefully, he's ready for this. Um, but we, but uh, what I would like like to do is just to ask all those backstage to unmute and say goodbye, and we'll see you backstage. Get your backstage pass at blessedteach.com. Blessed with the number two teach.com. Um, unmute and say goodbye, backstagers. <laughs> yeah, goodbye and thank bye. you, everybody. Bye, bye, everybody. Bye, bye. God bless. Hello. God bless. Shalom, shalom. <coughs> shalom. 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 Shalom.